I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Old Brother, a podcast about Salford slash Manchester's legendary music institution, The Fall. Each week we invite on the guests to chat about their experiences and memories of the group. You can find us at Spotify, Apple and all the usual suspects, but we're hosted at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash Brother. All episodes are also available on YouTube. Search for Old Brother Podcasts and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. This week we're joined by journalist, author, cookbook writer, musician and fall aficionado Luke Haynes. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to the latest uh, edition of Old Brother, a podcast about the fall with me, Paul Hanley, and my much more uh, famous brother, Stephen. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. (laughs) And uh, we're delighted to be joined this evening by musician, author, artist, anything else? Uh, I think that's quite enough. Uh, Mr. Luke Haynes, good evening. (laughs) Thank you. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I was going to say, what does it say on your passport? Well, people always say that, but it hasn't given. It doesn't, anything. It doesn't uh, say anything, does it? You don't have to say no, anything. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. say what your job is. I don't right. know if you ever did, to be honest. Yeah, I can remember having musician on my passport years. Oh, I, you know, you know, you do realise it's an offence to lie on an official document. Tell me, Steve, you hit him up, I'll nod him in. You've been working on that one, haven't you? <laughs> and so that's the last time it'll sound like we've rehearsed anything for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't sound that convincing. That was like, that sounded like loads of sibling rivalry. That's just, just like exploding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the, uh, that's that's the, uh, the the whole point of the podcast is just a, <laughs> it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> Very good. Right, so Luke Haynes um, from the uh, you were in the servants. I was. I yeah. Was your first was. band? Is that right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. then then the Alters, famously. Yeah. yeah. And then Black Box record Black Box recorder. You know, it's not easy to say that. And then oh, the mine off, yeah. of course. Yeah. So. Uh, What's normally uh, the first thing we ask at this? So, when was the first time you came across the fall? Then, uh, okay. Well, I'm 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 an only child, as might be kind of evident from some of the things <laughs> I put out. Say, <laughs> um, but uh, so I had, I didn't have any older brothers or, or sisters or anything like that to kind of get me into music. But I had older cousins, and one of my cousins um, was kind of was a couple of years older than me. Well, is a couple of years older than me, and. Um, had a sort of like he was kind of getting into kind of punky stuff around about 1980, 81, and he 
did a compil he did a tape for me um one side one side of it was crass um and the other side was the compilation early fall um and that's so i must have been about 14 um and that's and it just the early fall comp- compilation from the minute that repetition starts just got me and I was there. Right. I was in life. <laughs> the life sentence. So it is. Yeah. yeah. So, what's on? What's on? Early fall is the step forward stuff, is it? It is. Yes. Yeah, the first. It's the first. It's the three first three step forward singles. Um, right. Okay. Great. I mean, it's a great compilation. I still. I kind of still think, you know, because there's that old cliche about the first fall album is your favourite. Um, yeah. In some ways, that is because it doesn't even seem like a compilation to me. Right. Okay, you know. because it's that's surprising because it, there's a fair number of different kind of lineups on that. So does that sound like a, of a of a piece to you then? Because that'll be the Witch Trials lineup and yeah. the Rose Rumble lineup. Well, I didn't realize when you know I didn't really because I wasn't well, for a long time I wasn't kind of a person that was completely into all the kind of sleeve notes and obviously the full full ones are usually fairly inaccurate anyway. <laughs> Who's doing what? And I just, I just sort of took it that uh, there's that like five people. There's like, there's like, there's um, Mark, Carl, Steve, and Carl, uh, and is it Craig? And then and there's yeah. Kay in it. So I just thought, I just thought of that was, I sort of probably thought that Kay was like was Unibanes or even, yeah. you know, it just, it it's just, I just the five yeah. people like with the Beatles or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm just I, for me they sound because I was a fan of the Fall hmm. and then because and I was probably about the same age as you, probably slightly yeah. older than you, but um, they sound like yeah. two completely different bands to me. The the band that made. Um, Bingo Masters Breakout and the band that made Rose Rumble. So I have to ask you. So no, that's strange. That's strange because obviously, obviously, it sounds the difference between the bands on like Witch Trials and then Dragnet is kind of seems really, really. That seems really different, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, there's the sound of Dragnet, um, which um, I've got actually. Um, I've got um, I've got ask Steve actually about Dragnet because I've always wanted to know about about <laughs> was it actually was it meant to sound like that. Was it actually meant to sound like that? Uh, is it, or is it kind of a, is it kind of a happy accident of? I was gonna, that, that, that was going to be my exact words. I think it was a happy accident. It was a, it was a fair, it was a fairly decent uh, equipped studio in yeah. Rochdale. And uh, what happened? <laughs> Grant, Grant Shelby's. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it, I think it's fan. I mean, it sounds fantastic. But it sounds like I think when you get your your live sound man to do it in the studio and yeah. we're all learning yeah, yeah you know we were i mean it was my first pretty much my first time and craig's first time in the oh. studio and we were all learning and grant was learning as well mm-hmm. but it does sound i mean it sounds unlike any other record ever recorded it does which is sorry i was going to say because pretty much live at the witch trials and dragnet were both five people or five or six people in a room for mm. a couple of days. Yeah. The, the difference in sound is just, it's just mad, isn't it? Gives us the same, yeah. the same yeah, aesthetic, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. But I never, you know, it, it's sort of like difficult to imagine how I find it difficult to imagine how anyone managed to record something like Spectre versus Rector. And it sounds like that. And then they actually had the, the, the fucking balls to put it out. Um, 
I mean that in a complimentary way because it's it's just it's just amazing. It's like it's it's fairly stunning. Yeah, the, the first half of Spectre vs. Rex is on a cassette, isn't it? In the rehearsal room, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was recording in some warehouse in Manchester, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Brave move to put it out on there now. Yeah. Yeah. I tell, tell you what, when we, so we did Dragnet, and then fairly shortly after, we went to a studio in Wales and did Fiery Jack. Yeah, right. And then, oh, when we were listening back to the, the mixes of that, it, it did kind of dawn on us that, bloody hell, Dragnet. <laughs> 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 what have we done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Mark as well, you think, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember sitting around at Marks with Kay and listening to the mixes of Fiery Jack, and it's dead bright and dead clear, yeah. isn't it? And it is, yeah. We were thinking, this is total opposite to the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because it seems, I think, the sound of Fiery Jack has kind of dated more than Dragnet, in a way. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, Dragnet, I guess Dragnet can't really date, can it? Because there's, no, no, there's nothing like it, so... And, and I don't know how... Even if you wanted to, you couldn't. It'd be very. I wouldn't know how to replicate it if I if I had to. Kind of, you know. Someone said to me, "Can you mix this and make it sound like drag?" I wouldn't know how to. Um, you know, it's just it's just a, it's a fluke and it's a, an anomaly, I guess. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's just a great. It's one of my favourite sounding albums. I think um, part of it, part of it's Mike's drums don't sound like other. Certainly not contemporary drum kits. Oh right, yeah. Because he had like you know this sort of premier. 60s kind of bottom skins without getting too musical yeah. about it, but uh, they were like um goat skin skins that he hadn't changed since you know, I think Ringo cha- changed his skins <laughs> in the Beatles more often, but uh, so that he was the rock and roller, wasn't he? He's the rock and roll guy, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And I, I mean, it really suits that album, but I yeah, definitely, part yeah. Of it. yeah, 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 right. So, um, where was the first time you saw the fall live then, Luke? Uh, well, I sort of, there were two, two, I kind of, I saw them, <laughs> sort of live first twice, if you get what I mean. Um, I went to Not see them. Not don't um, get your meaning on that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to explain. Um, I went, I went, they, I was, like, I think when Hex came out, I was, I was 14 going on 15, and they were playing you, they, you, it would have been you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're playing, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Um, we're playing, um, in the Hex tour, I think there was a gig in Southampton. And I lived, my mum and dad lived with me, obviously, in Portsmouth. Um, and I figured that I would go to the Southampton gig, but I knew that my mum and dad wouldn't let me go because I, I, it was a school night and I'd get back too late or I'd miss the train or something stupid. But I went anyway. I didn't tell them. I went, took the train to Southampton, got to Southampton Poly, I think it might have been, um, tried to buy a ticket. Um, they told me it was over 18s only, and I went home. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first. Then the second time was at, um, I'm not sure what the what the album was, but the second time was was at Portsmouth Poly, probably about a year later. So I guess it might have been. It couldn't. It wasn't. It wasn't um, room to live. It must have been just before uh, uh, perverted by language, because it was two drummers and yeah, it was. It would have been because you were doing stuff. You were doing. Um, you were doing Eat Yourself Theatre and stuff like that, but hadn't been out yet. Um, right. That was a fantastic show. And I remember that 
you came back on and did the classical when the with the lights on, the house lights on at the end, as everyone was kind of trooping out, and yeah, they're about. That got rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> used to used to do on this day, you know, curfew here, lads. You're gonna have to get them out. Let's do on this day for 15 minutes. They'll all be on the bus <laughs> by the time we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was a great gig. Um, there's it was um. There are a lot of people. I remember a lot of people. I don't know if you remember any of this at the time, but there was a, there seemed to be a kind of a weird crossover between people who like Gong and Hawkwind that like the Fall as well. Yeah. Maybe it's you know. Yeah. And I, there were quite a few people at that that Portsmouth Poly gig with with tea cozies on their head. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Gong fans. Well, they'll probably be mates of Grant Shaw because he was kind of yeah here, here and now yeah, yeah and then mm. Gong and Planet Gong. Yeah, all that, yeah, all that nonsense. Yeah, because he, he was that's how he started off with what's his name? Uh, is it not Alan? What's his first? What's his name? David Alan, yeah, David Alan, yeah, yeah David Alan. Yeah. He was that's his first Steve uh, Village, Steve mm, Village. Mm. Yes, he was, yeah, oh, he, God, was yeah. he was Steve Village's roadie for a while. That's how he got oh, into wow. it. Yeah, wow, yeah, wow. so it's all his fault. I spent. Sorry, I spent two. I spent two days in the in the nineties. For some reason, we my band, the Auteurs, were going to get get Steve Hillage to. Well, we did. We got Steve Hillage to produce us, but um, we spent two days in a studio with him, listening to a click track, um, and he was he was he was completely obsessed with this click track, and he was swearing that it was out of time. All we did. All we did was two days with Steve Hillage listening to a click track and then we abandoned the session. Oh. <laughs> and how much did that cost, eh? The day the days of rock and roll excess. Jesus. It was the nineties. It was the nineties, no one cared about money then. <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't have been cheap either then, because he was simple minds, wasn't he? New Gold Dream, he'd done that, hasn't he? Was, he was doing he was doing was he was he Part doing something with the orb or something like that at that point? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I think something so. Like I think he was, yeah. But he I mean he was a big, big producer, wasn't he? Into, He'd got very into sort of like trancey kind of whatever it is, sort of um, you know, ravey, ravey, Davy kind of stuff, and um, it was, I think I think it had affected his mind a bit. How okay, you, yeah, yeah, because that's a click track out of time. It's impossible. You can't. It is impossible. It is impossible, but not not in not for Steve Hillage in his brain. It wasn't. <laughs> not for Steve Hillage at one hundred and twenty pounds an hour. It wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good gig. If you, you know, if it's a good gig, I suppose, like just listening yeah. to a click track. Saves doing work, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. bad. <laughs> this, this is a terrible segue. This, but if we're talking about things you do to avoid work. Can you mm. expand on the breaking of the ankles to get out of the tour? Oh. <laughs> well, I'd, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure it really was. Um, you know, there, there are many stories that have been... I've, that have been you were there. Quite a lot of them. I was there, yeah. When I was there, I also wasn't there. <laughs> I was there physically, um, put it like that. But I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know if it really. If I was really doing it to um, to uh, to get out of work, you know, doing the tour. I think. I think the real reason was that I'd had too much to drink. To be quite yeah. honest. Um, you know, I think I, th- I think you know to, to bust the myth, such as it is. I was going to ask about myth building and the sort of you mm. know, building a personality because, mm. in the context that we've talked about it a couple of, in a couple of these with Martin mm. Brahma and the, Mark, Mark building a personality. Martin has a theory that Mark sort of built this personality and then got kind of stuck into it. So I think yeah. I'm, I'm all right in saying you did kind of you did the same thing. Was uh, that, yeah, influenced, I think was that I think... influenced by Mark, or was that just something you did yourself? 
No, I think it's something you do. I think it's just something you do to kind of navigate your way through. And it's something I did when I was. I, I, I don't. I don't need to do it as much now, because um, you know when you get older, you kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of more certain of who you are, and you're kind of a bit more comfortable in your skin. I think. Yeah. Um, and so, no, in, in a way, it kind of to, to you know to kind of do a bit of that. It served me quite well because um, it sort of um, it kind of protected me sort of mentally, I suppose, in a way from all the stuff that all the nonsense of bands, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's face it. And what you know, if you've been if you've been doing music a long time, and you know, if you if you kind of decide to kind of do this kind of stuff, um, then then you do have to protect yourself against the nonsense of bands and ev- or everything that kind of goes with it because you, you and you suddenly real you start to realize it's all absolute nonsense yeah um, well, not, Jeff. <laughs> but, no but it was interesting I, because like, i would have liked to create a new persona in 1998 right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to 1998 in a minute but um yeah. I'm just it's, because... ne- it's never too late steve it's never too late there's three personalities there for me there's the who you were, the person you were when you were in the auteurs, and the person who wrote about it in Bad, Bad Vibes. Are they three yeah. different people, then? You think, Bob? Well, the Bad, Vibes, the Bad Vibes book was very much sort of... I mean, I wrote it as a comedy, which yes, I don't know. Right. I'm not sure some people may not have got that, and they thought, <laughs> some thought it was a kind of a kind of screed of revenge, which it really wasn't. It was just... I, I wrote it, and, and, and I know you both written books, um, and it's... It's one of those things you you know I would I would get myself I'd write for two hours because my my young my oldest child was um, was at nursery at that point and he was you know so I didn't have much time to write really I had about two two and a half hours a day and I'd sit at my desk and bang this stuff out and my head would be on the on the fucking you know on the desk laughing yeah no, I think it's hilarious book and I, think- I was gonna I was gonna compare it to um, Renegade really. Because I think if Mark if Mark had put a bit more effort into it, he could have done something like that. But I, I don't think. I mean, it was kind of that thing, wasn't it, where it was just. Bleh, I, and it, I thought it was a shame that he didn't. He yeah. didn't write it. You know, it was. Yeah. I, I didn't understand why. You know, the why the great Marquis e. Smith was not writing his own bloody book. I mean, he no, was surely he'd have been the first person to criticise that. You know? well, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Right. He was. He was the first person to criticise the book anyway. Yes. Yeah. Some there's great interviews where people people bring yeah. things up that he said about in the book, and he says that never happened. Well, it's your fucking autobiography. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. I thought it was a bit of a disappointment because he. Yeah, yeah. Written, I don't know because I've read. He, he. I mean, he only seemed to write a few kind of short, prosy type things, and the ones I've read were really good and really yeah. funny. Um, he did a great one in there. It was a. It was not really a fanzine. It's sort of. A bit like um, a bit like Time Out. It was a Manchester one called City Life, and he wrote this short story about being a paper boy. I read, I read, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, really good story. I and mean, sort of, you know, it's sort of in touch with his childhood self. It was brilliant. But I don't, I don't. Yeah. It's a shame he didn't do more of it. Really. Yeah, it's a bit of a lost opportunity. But maybe he's yeah. just been lazy, you know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so the other thing, the next thing, and you mentioned, touched on it briefly. It was 1998. So I, I have it on good authority that you were staying in the same hotel the night of the brownies gig. Is that right. correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, I've met. And this goes back to the kind of again the myth busted thing. And I've, I've met Mark a few times, and he was very. I, I listened to your your podcast with Jim the other week. Jim yeah. Moore, and he was um, he was saying about the uh, he do his he do his like very polite gentleman kind of thing. Yeah. 
And he would, he, every time I met him, he did that with me. Um, I don't know why. And he'd sort of like tip me a wink and sort of like say, good, you know, good luck, son. You know? <laughs> um, but I did, I did, I remember we were, we came downstairs in the hotel um, of that night and I, I saw him in the bar and I was going to go over and sort of say hello. Sort of always, always cautious to say hello to Mark, you know. Uh, you never know what. <laughs> Yeah. Gonna be, um, but and I, but I could. There was a very dark. I could see something very dark was going on. So I just sort of went eyes forward and went to out the door again. And that was, move that. Yeah. 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 Give them what we know happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the that was the worst. That was what. Sorry, say that again. Was that the night of the gig? Uh, I don't know if it was the night of the gig. I don't know how many how many how many nights you were there for. Um, um, Stuart Lee would know this, <laughs> um, but it was it was that it must have been that that occasion. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's playing you in the film then? That's the question. You'll have to make a cameo in the film whenever it gets made because uh, you know. Steve says, yeah. Steve, I think I think Sting's getting on a bit now to play Steve, but um, <laughs> that, but you can make it, you can make a walk on part. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Robin Esquith to play me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! He, he turned up in the podcast with uh, Stuart Lee as well. Robin Asquith, bizarrely, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he, uh, I can't remember who it was now. He he, did, he said something about oh, it was um, Stuart Lee did an interview with Julian Cope, and Julian Cope said to him. Yeah, if you stick around long enough, you stop being a, uh, a has been, and you become a legend, right? And then shortly passed that on to Robin Asquith, and Robin Asquith <laughs> used it in his eulogy on BBC TV for Barbara Windsor. So there you go. There That's you go. Yeah. yeah, three degrees of separation from well, uh, Julian. He's Co- in the Nightingales documentary, isn't he? He is, yeah. What Robin Asquith? Yeah, yeah. is he? Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it's that. I think it's because. Oh, really? he, He's talking about the Nightingales, and he quotes the uh, Julian Cope, and then it, Robin Asquith bizarrely turns up. That's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, um, I've also we always have a bit of a uh, problem coming up with titles for these uh, episodes, but we've got I've got the title for this episode mm-hmm. screamed out at me. Avant garde hod carriers, I think would, would be. <laughs> 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 it's Which good is, though, that one. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. If you ever start, if you ever start another band, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. That's sort of what. I, that's kind of what I loved about it because yeah. it was sort of like making. It was sort of. It was saying you can do this. You know. It was saying you can make this. You don't have to be like Michael Bracewell or some twat to make do this kind of very kind of complicated, sophisticated art. You know? Yeah. I mean. What it strikes me as, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the old. I mean, without disparaging anybody's ability, it's it's the old uh, monkey throwing bits of paint at a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's slightly crueler than mine. <laughs> the monkey. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't really mean that. But I, what I mean is the, what I always think about the fall. That's kind of unique. Yeah. Is that they had that all the way through? That kind of you know that way you the plucky kind of amateur. And I'm not. Again, I think you know. Yeah. Certain, Craig's a brilliant guitarist. Mark Riley's a brilliant guitarist. Steve's an amazing bass cool. player. But there's that that thing that mm. you you know nobody get nobody gets any better, do they? 
in the fall. No, no, no. That's that's true. And we have, I think we we also have this kind of, um, in you know, from the sort of late late twenty. I mean, I'm not going to start sounding. I hope I don't start sounding like Michael Bracewell, but you know, um, <laughs> you know, and from the late twentieth century, we've kind of our ears have become very used to this sort of polished kind of. Um, sound and you know we're quite used to kind of light entertainment um and we're not we're not used to this really anymore we're not used to this kind of really kind of um gnarly kind of difficult quite difficult stuff quite wordy stuff no there's sort of no reason why not really because it's more fun i I mean i'd like you can draw a distinction between sort of gnarly and but without being willfully Rat, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I never thought, and I never thought any of it did sound. It was never sounded willful at all, or, or it didn't sound. It, I don't think any of the four records sound um, forced or anything like that. Um, they're just sort of like they're just kind of these. Some of them, set, some of them just sound like barely formed ideas that yeah. shouldn't have been, shouldn't have even been near anyone. Anyone with sort of any kind of careerism or whatever. And I'm sure Mark did have quite a lot of careerism, but. Um, anyone who essentially wanted to make sort of normal sounding records wouldn't have wouldn't have thought you know thought once about recording some of those some of those later albums especially because they're they're kind of really they're really kind of out there in in sort of um, what what a lot of people would find tolerable you know <laughs> yeah, definitely and I, I think you know I mean you, you can look for parallels and different artists who've done it but it's, I don't think it's difficult because at 88 there's not that many artists who've lasted that long I don't well clearly mm-hmm. there isn't and without ever yeah. becoming heritage act I mean Bob Dylan possibly yeah. but there's not yeah, I mean if, if that's how high up you're going to find a comparable artist to Mark E. Smith who never became who refused to be a heritage act of his own material mm. it's quite, that's quite impressive mm. isn't it Oh, very much, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't think anyone. I don't think any, there's anyone really there like it. Who you know, I can't think of any comparisons. Not sure. That, I, I kind of know what you mean about the Dylan one, but not sure that stands really because D- Dylan has been a kind of stadium performer and is a stadium performer, I guess. And, and the, the four were never going to be in any any stadium. No, any he's, he's, a stadium he's a stadium performer on his own. You know, on his own terms, isn't he? He's not going out there and giving you uh, yes. subterranean yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And if he is, you can't recognise yeah, it until he's yeah, fifteen minutes yeah, in, because it's in it's in waltz time and it's in a different key and he's right. singing a different melody line. So there is that. Um, but then again, but uh, I think I, the, I call that value for money. You, see, you know, sorry. <laughs> I think that's value for money, isn't it? Value for money. If you go to a Dylan well, concert, and you can't recognise. I think you get an argument there from a lot of people. I, I, but I always have this, and I might be wrong, I always have this thing where, and you were saying a bit about uh, when it gets a bit showbiz, if you're expecting people to pay £100, £125, mm. you're turning, that's not the same mm. thing as going to see a band in a club, is it? You see what I mean? It's no, different, no, 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 no. People want value yeah, for money. And, yeah. and it's, there's, I mean, it's a big argument in everything these days that instead of going to a gig and one night it's shit and one night it's great, then you used to yeah, get it yeah, with beer. Yeah. You used to get it with beer, you go in a pub and it'd be undrinkable <laughs> one night and then the best thing you've ever had the next night. People don't want that anymore. People yeah. And it's a shame, I think. 
Well, I want. I don't. If I if I go if I you know if I'm sort of forced at gunpoint to go and see a band and I have to pay to go and see it, I I, I kind of always want. Even if I paid about fifty quid, I I don't want I don't want them to play for three hours. I'm I'm happy with about thirty minutes. That'll do yeah. me, you know. So it's kind yeah. of, you know, I don't, it's kind of what people are kind of used to and all this kind of stuff. And there's an accepted way of doing things. That do you do that a lot then? What what go to gunpoint? <laughs> No, really. no, <laughs> no, theory, in theory. Oh no, oh, I don't. Well, I don't because there's been because there's been the sort of coronavirus. They haven't been to, been out for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So uh, what about what about playing then? Have you kind of are you doing that again or? Lately, yeah, but do you any plans to do that? Are you are you still in COVID lockdown or? No, I'm not. I'm not in COVID lockdown. I've done. I've Steve and I were doing the um, requisite kind of um, have you had COVID um, conversation that everyone must have these days. And and I had my I had my got my COVID, get a bit of COVID for the moment out of the way um, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, but hoping I did the tour with Peter Buck um, in April. Um, yes. Which is the, which has been cancelled many times, um, uh, and I think it's going to happen in April. So we're kind of set for that, and um, I'm doing all the kind of as none of us have managers or anything like that. Um, I'm sort of like doing the tour managing as well, which is not fun. But yeah. um, so if we don't turn up any nights, um, right. it's, it's entirely my fault. Um, cool. And right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was going to say because uh, I've just done a record or recording with the eyelids it's not the eyelids it's just eyelids isn't it and peter book produces them i believe oh right scott mccaughey who i believe uh he's played with yeah. as well and he's in your band isn't he he is yeah 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 so did you did you did you did you play did you meet scott at all didn't meet anybody no they sent me a recording of fantastic life oh okay and then right. i recorded the an extra track of drums in my garage yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so both, yes. Yeah, so both Scott, Scott and Peter are obviously in in. Well, it's not my band; are in the A band, our band. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, Scott's great, isn't he? Um, yeah. just, um And he, Scott does. Scott's sort of on the new album. He's playing uh, loads of stuff. Um, and he's written a couple of songs, the uh, Mellotron and all that kind of stuff. And uh, um, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're doing some does some stuff with him. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, how did you get together with Peter Book? Did you know each other? No, Peter bought a, pa- a painting off me. Um, right. um, uh, off, off the in- I sell paintings on the internet sometimes, yep. um, and he, he he stumbled upon one and bought bought it from me, um, and then uh, he he then sort of emailed me um, said. I, I like a couple of your records. He liked the Bader Meinhof record, um, and and he said, um, "Should we do? Should we do something together?" And I was going, "Yeah, okay." You know, at that point, I think I wasn't doing anything, or I didn't have any plans to do an album at that point. So I threw caution to the wind, as you do, and um, and we just did a record. We did it all all uh, online, um, as you know, as as you said, you've just done yeah. something like that because it's the it seems the only way you can do stuff at the moment. Um, yeah. And this was just this was prior to COVID, and it was just because he wasn't planning on coming over to the UK at that point, and I wasn't I wasn't going to the US because you know um, <clears throat> it's difficult getting to the US. Um, so uh, so that's how it happened, and we've done it. We've just um, finished another one, a new one, um, which is going to be out in October. So yeah. So yeah. we're gonna. When are your dates then? Do you want to plug your dates? Uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the fifteen think... listeners will be. Uh, They'll be noting them down, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, eight, well, we're doing we're doing Glasgow April the thirteenth, uh, Hebden Bridge the fifteenth, 
somewhere else the 16th, then we're doing London on the 18th and the 19th. Well, uh, there's a, there seems to be uh, something of a gap in this uh, tour. I don't, you want to sack your tour manager? Where, where's Manchester? It's me. That's me. I know. <laughs> I'm the booker. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. There's only, there's only like there's like two two days off in five days. Right, okay. So where's, Manch- the, where's Manchester then? Uh, Manchester didn't know Hebden Bridge kind of got in the way of Manchester, and um, because I didn't, I didn't, I I booked it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's quite what's quite clever um, that I've done is I started in Glasgow and I work all the way down south like a that's proper good. tour manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you see, yeah. playing Hebden Bridge, are you? Because that's a great venue, isn't it? Trade Club? Yes, I say yeah. it's at the Trade Club. No, it's one of the seventeen other You're fantastic venues. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. far enough. No, no, it is the Trades Club, yeah. 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 That's yeah. A great, it's a great venue, the Trades Club, actually. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. It's yeah. A, I think it's the third time I've played it, so I've been, it's, it's good. Um, and, you know, that's going to have to... Um, that's going to have to kind of suffice, I suppose, for the, yeah. the north to go to that venue. That is, not, not too far. Well, Steve, Steve will have to go because he, he's got to have a fight with Peter Book about whether oh, yeah. we, whether we did the old grey whistle test on the same day or not. There's some kind of dispute, isn't there, Steve? Oh yeah. Well, if you, if, if, if either of you want to come along, yeah, let me know and uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll put you on a paying guest list. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, I am of course kidding. No, 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 that's fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm kidding. Okay. We did do the old grey whistle test on the same day. Well, he, well he, he has no memory of it. The yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you. I'm sure you and Peter may have similar discrepancies in memory. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect it's one that won't get won't, won't get kind of solved. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did the old whistle test. We had the we had this massive row at the end of a tour, and Steve and I both left on the same day separately. Oh, was that was that the one with Michael Clark? Yes. yes, it was. That's right. Yeah. So, but then yeah. Yeah, that was already booked, and it was quite a prestigious thing in that in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they yeah. got us. Mark, Mark got us back to just to do that. And that's oh, right, right, kind right. of the last thing I did with the fall. Well, I went back. I went back briefly later on, but yeah. So that was that was a bit of a strange atmosphere all around that day. And then, yeah. of course, yeah. we thought we were just doing it, and then Michael turned up with his troop and his pantomime cow, and that's quite the performance. It's it's it certainly is yeah I mean it was the talk I was I was at art college um, at that point and it was it was um, it was it was the talk it was the talk of the refectory <laughs> <laughs> talk of the move yeah <laughs> because just, how much Marky Smith would have hated that sentence <laughs> yes indeed yes because I've got a quote from you that yeah. you consider the I am curious orange ballet a high point of Western culture oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah. So, I mean, I mean, come on! I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's like yeah, the, yeah. Fall, the fall. Michael Clark sort of doing, doing a ballet. Doing a ballet about King of Orange. Uh, and, and sad is something I didn't. I didn't get to see. Um, um, which is which is is one of my few regrets. Um, really. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's like the great. It's the collision of everything. Great, really. Um, you know, what more? What more do you want? Now, or what more do you want out of life? You know, I think you'll be able to answer this. Why is there no film of that, Stu? Why is there no film? I don't know. It's just before all that, wasn't it? When right, there was people. I do remember Co- people being around with video cameras, but nobody thought to. No, but I'm not talking about people with doing it on the phones or any of that. No. But you'd no, think no. somebody would have recorded that for posterity. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, you think, I mean, think of things, like, I suppose, if you think of something like, um, 
I mean, it might might have been a bit of a bigger thing, I suppose. I don't know, but that's that's like songs songs for Drella was recorded, and it was kind of I you know I was yeah. I was seeing kind of that kind of being in the same sort of level in a way, you know that, that yeah. some it does seem strange that someone didn't didn't record it. Um, yeah. And a bit of a missed opportunity. It's, really. it's terrible, a terrible missed opportunity. I think it is because yeah. I mean it was it was a it was a big thing in my, Michael Clark's career as well. And you reckon it's the best thing you one of the best your best memories of the fall, Steve? Don't you? One of the best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a yeah. great thing to work on, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. You didn't? I mean, it was on for a while, wasn't it? Oh, we did. We did the five nights in. Amsterdam, we did five nights in Edinburgh at the festival, and then we did 21 nights in Saddler's Wells. Was it all sold out? Yeah. Wow. Not not one person brought a sodding video camera. Not one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the British public are terrible, aren't they? Shocking. <laughs> the, the Dutch public aren't much better than what she was at that, wasn't she? Wasn't the Queen of the Netherlands at the... She was. I think it said the Queen's. <laughs> <laughs> the queens of the Netherlands. Well, they were they were all in it. Of course they were. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember it, it. It seemed like a very big thing at the time, you know. And it was kind of obviously, you know, the, the music press was kind of quite big at that time. And it seemed to be all the fall always seemed to be in it at that point. And and that that seemed like the kind of uh, the kind of apex of their kind of I suppose the sort of like the bricks kind of commercial mm. kind of years. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm, mm, I, I never saw it either. I did. I did. Unfortunately, I was unlucky enough to see Hey Luciani. You saw, oh, right. I saw that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, I think if anybody recorded that, they probably taped over it, didn't they? We matched the day. <laughs> I, I, I think there are bits of that. Oh no, there's no recording of that. Of no, I know. I no, I think there are. There's there's snippets of it. I think bits. Yeah, but uh, but I mean. There are recordings. There still come to light of fall gigs. There are recordings of uh, taped yeah. through the letterbox at the band on the wall, <laughs> yeah. and there is no audio recording of um, Haley Jones. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's cursed. I think. <laughs> yes. But no, there's audio recordings, but there's no. Is film. there? Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. There's that. There's that. Album that came out. I am pure as orange. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking about Haley Luciani now. Oh that, no no no! There's no audio recording that, which no. I find bizarre. Mm. Probably. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too upset about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Steve could reenact it for you, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got that. Po- get me Pope suit out. <laughs> yeah. Steve played. You, you played John Paul II, didn't you, Steve? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. Maybe could get a second run at it. I mean, you know, you know, Could'd put you, it on yeah. again. Would do you think you could? Would you? Would you be up for doing the Pope bit again, Steve? Yeah. 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 That was the pregnant pause, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a no. Yeah. Yeah. If, if everybody could find all the fag packets that Mark wrote the script on. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about you, but I always I always found that video stuff really difficult. <laughs> Making videos, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's a you know it's a, it's a funny old world, all that, isn't it? I mean, um, I mean, we were doing them in the nineties where. You know, uh, and I was on, I was on a major label at the time, and that the catering catering budget would be like the price, you know, of like yeah, about sort of six albums. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's, like, it's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, um, yeah. The amount of uh, money that must have been wasted in those. Oh days. man, 
Well, they're all, and they're all these, like, suddenly there are all these kind of journalists who like, decided to leave the NME or so and set up little video production companies because they suddenly realised there was this kind of, you know, there was a, a brief, brief bit in the market where they could kind of like, you know, come away with about 80, 90 grand for some, some, you know, rubbish band. Filming, yeah, yeah. It's a, a strange, a strange time, all of that. It was, it was mad, wasn't it? The, the, the yeah. amount of money that because it's, I mean, I know it's an old cliche and everybody talks about it, but no, why come none of the band realised it was their money? That's the thing I can't work out. Uh, well, I'm not. I think that no, I can't remember how it plays out, but I think it was. Um, I think in I think in my contract it was something like two thirds of the uh, of the video budget was recoupable. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, the other way around. Two thirds of it was promotion, and then one third was recoupable. So promotion um, was something the record company had to pay for. But of course, you had to pay. You had to pay for everything else, like um, you know, like tour support and all those kind of things. You got, you know, in those days, you yeah. get tour support, um, which for anyone who doesn't doesn't know, that basically basically means that the record company paying, or not the record company, but you paying via the record company um, the shortfall of your tour. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which, which a lot of the time, you know, which which kind of in the nineties when most band, a lot of bands maybe didn't realise kind of what was going on, you know, would be kind of like you know, uh, you know, uh, sleeper buses and all this kind of thing where you didn't really need it and uh, stupid hotels, you know, and all this all this kind of nonsense. Um, mm. but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember, um, I remember Steve Albini sort of, um, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I, mean, I can say this is okay, but la- kind of laughing at the wedding present because they, they were on a, uh, uh, they were on a, I think they were on RCA at this point, and they were very proudly telling him that, well, you know, but it's okay because when we go on tour, we only, we only, we only kind of hire like a minibus, and we like all sleep in the same room, and he was kind of like, they don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, you know, yeah, yeah. Ah, well, I mean. <laughs> I'm not sure though that wasn't a bad idea to be honest. Is it? But uh... well, yeah, I think it was kind of showing. I think it's kind of them showing willing that they wouldn't be able to. Oh, I see. Know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. right. Okay. Yeah. We had, we had him on recently. Uh, Steve Albini. He was very, uh, did very into tech. We did. Yeah. And um, right. he spent a lot of the time talking about public transport. Uh, and how impressed he is with British public transport compared to American public. Was that to do with that the, the line in Fifty Year Old Man then? Yes, that's how we got onto it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, quite, wasn't quite how I thought it was going to go. When I mentioned that he'd been mentioned in the fall song, that they no. spent the next half an hour talking about trains. But there you go. yeah, no, that sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Did he have? Did he have any? I, I mean, I could ask him myself, but I'll ask, I'll ask you as you're here. But did he have anything to say about that line other than other than other than kind of diverting it, as it were, to the trains? I mean, I think he was quite proud to be up to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he quite. I don't think he quite knows why. To be honest, he says he probably somebody just talking to Mark and Mark <laughs> turned <laughs> it into some some. You know, somebody says something about Steve Albini. I think it was that somebody mentioned uh, Steve producing the fall, and Mark had have none of it. So I think that's right. what it was because <laughs> I think Steve's expressed an interest in support. Uh, Producing the fall at one time, but not yeah. to Mark or not. I think it was no. just you know somebody asked him. So no, that would have been good, wouldn't it? Well, Steve great, it is great. Well, Mark Riley always reckons right, he, they yeah. should get Steve Albinity to remix Live at the Wish Trials. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've I had a thing. Um, well, I mean they're not going anymore, but I always wanted Status Quo to do an album with Steve Albini. 
yeah. I, thought be, I thought that could be really good because people can laugh at Quo. Yeah. But if you like, if you kind of got them, if someone had got them, if they were smart enough and they weren't, <laughs> if you got them to do their kind of their their greatest hits, but yeah. re-record them with Steve Urbina, that'd be a great album. Yeah. Well, they they kind of made that because they kind of made that decision to do anything, didn't they? Really, status quo. Yeah. Keep keep the profile. I mean, they did like that daft thing with Man United, and you know that kind of. So yeah. They, but which you know. I hesitate to say the word credible, but they kind of they were, they were sort of that, that early sort of seventies down the dust pipe kind of thing. Oh, I think they from the, the, I mean, I wasn't obviously that was before my time, but um, it, it's sort of looking. It does seem like it was credible. They seem like they were they were probably credible till the kind of mid seventies or something yeah. like that, or until they did that rocket over the world or something like that, yeah. um, where it kind of became you know, ooh, they're not you know, they're not they're not our quo anymore. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't blame them in a lot of ways, can you? No, 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 no. Good band, though. The next thing I was going to ask you about is the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And who's, <laughs> who's higher? There's a big point I want to know is who's higher up the tree, me or Steve? I've got Steve near the top, is it? I am. Well, I, I, let me... Let me hey, oh, hold on, hold, no fighting, lads. Um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was when I was when I was I was setting it up for the first time in in the Eston Arts Centre and um, I hadn't done it before because I I I'd just painted all the baubles so I hadn't really thought about who obviously Mark was at the top of the tree. Oh yeah, it, became, it was quite obvious that there was a there was a sort of like beneath that there was a first tier and I'm I'm, I'm proud to say that you guys you two were both. On the first tier, and I thought the first tier, <laughs> tier um, was would have been uh, Carl, um, yeah. Craig, obviously. Uh, Martin Brammer was on that. Uh, Kay Carroll, probably. Um, uh, who else? It's not you don't got to name everybody. It's all right. No, no I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, oh, Dave, yeah. Dave I, Travis, Alan Natchkey. <laughs> um, so you were you, you 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 were all pretty much on the. Yeah. It's like that Steve Coogan joke. No one, no one died. <laughs> How did you come to the sixty-six people? Um, I well, there were some people. There were some people that were just just um. That I, that I took. To, they, they were, <laughs> this is a very difficult question. Some, it is, yeah. That's why you yeah. asked it. Yeah, yeah. Some people, some, <laughs> some people, who who I didn't, as the artist, didn't consider to be sort of um, properly in the fall. And also, there were some people who there's absolutely there seemed to be no photographic evidence at all of. <laughs> Uh, they weren't. They, they weren't always. They weren't always the people you think of. Some of these were people in some of the later lineups. Right. Okay. So yeah. where is it now? The tree is it still in the gallery? Is it still on show? It's still in the gallery because uh, no, no one is uh, no one uh, is insane enough to pay six grand for it. <laughs> you really the first people. If anybody, you, 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 you know. yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be it'd be very useful because. Um, other than I don't mind having it in my house at Christmas, but if anyone does want to take it off my hands, you're not asking, yeah, you're asking yeah, your yeah. kids to put your presents under that tree with all us on sure. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, superb. Yeah, yeah. I was very, I was actually very. I mean, it, it, it certainly, um, it certainly. A lot of people were kind of interested in it, not in a financial way, of course, but just in a kind of looking at it way. Um, uh, and it was, it was, it was. Sort of, I mean, the art. The the weird thing was that it was, it was, it had been. 
a couple of Christmases ago, I, uh, um, at, at a loss to kind of find a present for some friends of mine, I just got a bauble and painted a Marquis Smith on it so they could put it on their tree as a kind of like a sort of like a, a token present. And my wife said, it'd be a good idea if you painted all the members of the fall. And I said, that is a good, very good idea. Well, but I mean, was, was she trying to get rid of you for a period of time? I, yeah, well, I mean, obviously there is that, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these, these things have, you know, they have yeah. other dimensions to them. Yeah. I said do you too, but it only took him 15 minutes, so I had to find somebody with more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then then a, a guy, Neil, in Eston, sort of, uh, during, during COVID, um asked me if I wanted to do an exhibition and did I have any ideas? And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do the fall tree then. So, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the other part of that was the wrestling, wasn't it? You did the wrestling for that. Yes, yeah, that was, that was part of it. That was kind of to do with an album I did a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it kind of all, somehow it all tied in with each other. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was wrestlers and uh, members of the fall on a Christmas tree. Because that, I, 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 that's the thing that... The generational thing of the wrestling, uh, you know, mm. wrestling WWE now it's massive, isn't it? Uh, and it's quite, you know, that, money and that answers a question of mine. Oh yeah, when I googled Luke Luke Haynes wrestling, <laughs> yeah, you didn't do it. No, no, <laughs> no, not yet. No, Kendall Nagasaki <laughs> took him out with a. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I did. I did. I did receive some correspondence from from Mister Nagasaki. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. uh, when the album came out, he, um, I got an email, kind of out of, out of the blue, um, <laughs> um, from say it was from a representative of Mr. Nagasaki, okay. saying, uh, "Mr. Nagasaki has uh, has seen your current work, and uh, although he cannot he cannot personally endorse it, um, he wishes you the best of luck." <laughs> <laughs> He's not the Pope, the Queen. Yeah, Peter Blake's paying Kendall Nagasaki as well. He has. Have you seen that program? Yeah, that, yeah. it's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. I, the, the thing about that, pro- I have a memory of him being unmasked, Kendall Nagasaki, but not yeah, he was fight, not in a fight. He did it himself, like, or his manager did it, or some kind of ceremony in the ring. Yeah, he does it. He does it himself with with um, with two kind of. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like, well, they're not obviously they're not really samurais, but two guys dressed as. <laughs> They're not really, no. <laughs> I'm Japanese for a start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he, he does it. These two guys is like surround. They do this like stupid ritual thing, and he's got this kind of he's got this this weird sort of symbol on his right. head, and they pull off the mask, and uh, he's got he's got kind of like I think he's got kind of like contact lenses in, you know, to make his eyes yes. all black. Yes, <laughs> right, cool. It's, it's, you can, it's on YouTube, the unmasking. Well, I'm have to, I'll have to have a look for that because it, it's it, good, it, yeah. it was quite the thing that Saturday evening. You know, without, without getting jumpers for Gold Coast Old English Spangles, that kind no. of that Saturday evening wrestling. Now, what I, as I say, what I was going to say, how that's turned into like the money making because it's kind of based on that. The WWE American thing is based on the British wrestling. Well, the British, yeah, the British wrestling was was kind of going for sort of about twenty years, really, before because yeah. it was just like, I mean, I've got old posters and stuff from you know, like the, I mean, it started just after the war, basically, yeah. um, and they, you know, it was, I suppose, it's kind of if you think about it, it's like a really kind of good, cheap entertainment, isn't it, for people? Yeah. On because it doesn't cost that very much to like get a couple of fellas, slightly out of shape fellas, you know, wrestling <laughs> each other. What are you saying? Big Daddy, oh, Big Daddy, he was uh, at the height no, of no, his... That was, that was almost, I was defaming Big Daddy, he's a, of course he's a fine athlete. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> How had he 
anybody could think that him getting into a ring to have a fight, oh, you don't, you don't have to punch him in the stomach. You... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I was even when I was even when I was young watching it, I was kind of I was sort of a bit worried for their health because they didn't look like giant haystacks. Look, you know, it was kind of puffing away. Yeah, yeah. So, he, didn't, he, he, he didn't look too far from a heart attack. To no, no, not at any point. No, definitely no. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But, um, I don't think I ever watched that wrestling on a Saturday afternoon or was worried about their health. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Some of the, i tell you what. Uh, I'm a southerner, you see. So I'm... <laughs> Adrian Street used to draw blood when he pulled what's-his-name's hair with the other guy. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> did? I, 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 um, I, I, I kind of met um, Adrian Street on this, um, this, wow. this kind of... Um, well, it was a thing I did with the the, the artist Jeremy Deller made the yeah. uh, made a film about um, Adrian, and, and so the main thing, yeah. And he and um, his wife was with him. His wife Linda. Now on the album, there's um, there's a song called Linda's Head, which is sort of it's sort of about. I mean, it's Linda's head in, in the Lou Reed sense. It's kind of sort of about yeah, all yeah. sorts. Yeah. Um, and uh, Adrian made me sing this song to his wife, oh presumably God. not knowing his wife is about seventy. Oh, he, <laughs> he must have been cracking on by then. Adrian Street must have been. Well, yeah, he was. He's yeah, he's probably in his seventies. But I was. It was a very strange situation. Me singing a song of wanting to have uh, wanting Adrian Street's seventy-year-old wife to perform oral sex on me in front of an audience. So. Well, um, could happen, you never know. Yeah, has, he still, has he still got the hair, Adrian Street? Has he... No, 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 no. He had lovely hair, didn't he? He did have lovely hair, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. He, That's he, great, he, that, that Jeremy Della thing with the... He was a mining family, wasn't he? And Mick Ronson. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mick Ronson hair, yeah, he did have Mick Ronson hair, yeah. He did, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it was... I think that, And I think that photo was about 1972 or something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, he's, he's pretty on there, yeah. But it's, obviously, it's his dad in the, in the right. yeah, yeah, stood next to him, yeah. yeah. But that was that's that's really that's like that sort of brickies with makeup on glamour, you know, the, glam, is, yeah. the glam thing. Brilliant. Yeah, he's made quite a few records as well, Adrian. Have you ever heard them? His records? I, I cannot say I've ever heard an Adrian Street no, record. No. I, I probably don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> but it, look, it looks the part. Can he play the yeah, yeah. song from Gene Genie? He must. <laughs> He made, he, made, he made some records in the late seventies, early eighties. It kind of sounds like it sounds like Dick Emery sort of uh, backed oh with the, the band who did the theme to Minder. <laughs> it's, it's, no, you're selling this well, like that. You know, yeah. that, that's not yeah. the kind of thing that would put me off. To be honest, no, no, well, that's the kind of thing I quite like. So, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> right, so we've had Adrian Street, we've had uh, Robin Ashworth, we've had Dick yeah. Emery. Yeah. So we've yeah. got all the, all the highlights of the seventies, really. We have, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think on that. On that note, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. I think we've reached the end of our hour. Okay, all Thank right. You. That's very, very good of you. I really enjoyed that, and I will, I will try and get along oh, to Hebden Bridge. Man. That was great. Please do. I'll, tell, I'll bother you both with an email near the time. And, yes, uh, please do, because like I say, Stephen will go have it out with Peter Buck about... The, I'd like to see that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I'll tell you what, that, let them two going at it. I'd make Giant X look like a fighter, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. good. Leslie, that was brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Okay. Thank Bye. you very much. Thanks, everybody. Good, good, good night. night. See you soon. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. Thanks for joining us this week at Old Brother. Episodes are released every second Monday, so watch for the next episode in two weeks. 
please follow us on Twitter at Up With The Show, where you can find a link to Spotify and subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, give us a rating on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube or just tell your friends. For further reading, you can check out our books about the fall. Big Midweek and have a bleeding guess for Root Publishers and all good bookstores. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to seek out Luke's writing too, it's brilliant. Hope to speak to you all again soon, and remember if you're driving, take your car. Ta-da!